Welcome to Half Finished to Done, a podcast for passionate business owners like you who are ready to stop procrastinating and start finishing all of your half-done projects. I'm your host, Christina, and I'm looking forward to helping you finish your projects in a calm, sustainable way using a simple, repeatable process. All along the way, we'll be working through the mental, emotional, and logistical obstacles that are standing between you and extraordinary projects. Let's get into it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited to have one of my former clients, another person who's done two rounds of the program here on the podcast today. So Jenny, aka Jenny the Nutritionist, (laughs) tell us about yourself and your work. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to dive into everything I learned, but I am a nutritionist. So I have a nutrition coaching business for ladies who lift weights and want to build muscle and decrease body fat. So I met you actually in a mastermind that we were in together. And that's how I learned about your work and then saw what you were doing and saw how I could benefit from it. Good. Okay. And then you came to the Monday hour one challenge And then you pretty much immediately signed up after that. Like, I just remember on the consult, you're like, you don't even need to sell me. I'm sold. So tell me about that experience. Why were you so sold after the Monday Hour One Challenge? Yeah, so I did. I've seen previous trainings, but this one really called to me. I was like, that's what I need. And so then I did the five-day training. And by the end of the five-day training, it wasn't even like I had mastered Monday Hour One. I really just had the thought of, oh, I can do this. That was, that was even like, oh, I can do this. And I see the benefit of it. I need to do this. I saw what it could provide to me. And so after being coached with you and by you for those five days, I already knew you were the person that was going to get me there. So I actually saw on your website, there wasn't an option not to do a console. I was just going to like sign up and I was like, oh, you know, I'm, I don't even need to talk to you. Let's just, let's just go. So it was really came down to the thought of like, I can do this, which may sound crazy, but Monday hour one, I had tried it so many times before and I got overwhelmed. I got stuck. It was like, this couldn't possibly be as simple as they're making it. And so going through that challenge, we really broke it down in simplified it and saw the benefits of it. And I could see myself and how I would achieve it. That got me from where I was before of like, oh, I've tried this. It was too simplified, which that was my thought. Like, oh, it's too simplified for a complicated life, not even complicated life, but as a business owner that has different projects or different things going on. And so I didn't think it was just like, I thought it was just like, oh, that would be nice. But by the end of that five-day training, I was like, oh, I can do this and I, and I need to do this. Those were kind of the two things. Okay. I freaking love those two thoughts. I can do this and I need to do this. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I do think those are the thoughts you have to have in order to enroll in Half Finished It On Live. And you don't have to believe them fully. So for anyone listening who's like, but I don't have those. Now I'm out. You have to be open to the possibility that this could work for you. Yeah, because it wasn't a clear path. It wasn't like, oh, I see exactly how I'm going to do. I was just still on Monday hour one, like never mind the project part of it, right? Yeah. And 
so I was just at that like beginning stage and I, I knew I could do it because I knew it was possible. I didn't know how, and I knew it was going to be a little challenging, a little bit hard. I think that was another part of it. You kind of normalize that. Yeah, this is going to take some practice and some trial and error and figuring it out and diving into it, which I had never done before either. And so I was like, oh, okay, that's normal. That's a part of the process. And then in this container, I get to be held and supported through that. And it's like, oh, that's what I need. So in the challenge, it was, or the training, it was great because I did get a little bit closer, but I still felt like there was a gap. But then I saw where, oh, the gap, I can, I can close that, but I got to like have the time and support and figure out how to do that. And that's where I was like, okay, let's go. Okay, this is so good because I think that sometimes when people come to the five-day challenges and Monday Hour One is just one of the challenges that I do throughout the year, I think people come and then in their mind, they have very, very high expectations to be like, hey, in five days, we're solving this entire problem, right? The time management issue or the focus issue that I've struggled with for my entire life will be solved in five days. And then when that doesn't happen, you're like, oh, it doesn't work. And so I love your attitude and your approach, which is like the five days is the start. The five days is to see the gap and start working on the gap. And then you add in the eight-week program of Half Finished to Done Live to support you through it. So the new thought that I have is I'm like, a five-day challenge is 8% of the eight-week program. Yeah. So I'm like, you're getting 8% of the value that you're going to get when you actually join the program and go through that. And then you did it twice. So yeah. Okay. So, and then I just want to say for anyone who is not super familiar with Monday Hour One, it's one of the three skills that I teach in Half Finished to Done Live. So I teach you how to do deep work, which is focused, uninterrupted work on your most important things. Monday Hour One, which is planning out your entire week in one hour per week. And then project planning, which is making a plan for one project over eight weeks and then executing. And then these three skills tie together to really help you be a confident, self-assured project finisher. So what I think is so cool about you is you are successful, right? You have been successful. You were successful well before you joined Half Finished to Done Live. So tell us why you decided to join the program, even though you were already successful. Yeah, I felt like I could complete projects. Like I had a list of things that I had accomplished and I have really successful business and felt good there, but I didn't feel great in terms of how it was feeling in my day to day and my reliability of myself to get these extra things done. Like I knew I could get what needed to get done done, but of course I always have ideas. I always want to evolve and do different things and do different projects, right? And I could get things done, which I, but I couldn't figure out why I would get certain ones done and not the other ones, which later we go on in the program to figure out why, but it just felt messy, right? It felt messy in my day to day. I constantly felt behind. I always wanted to get so much more done than I could. And then I felt like I wasn't doing enough. It just felt really unorganized in my brain. And then I would get overwhelmed and maybe buffer. And then I would be like, oh, I shouldn't be buffering. But it just, so it all just felt like messy and like kind of like a little complicated. Okay. 
So for anyone listening, if you're not familiar with the term buffering, what we mean by that is using external things to try and solve your internal emotions. And it's something that happens a lot if you are have intense feelings going on about your projects or your business, then your brain's like, I don't want to deal with this. Let me do something else. What was your preferred form of buffering before? Yeah. As soon as I hit overwhelm, then I would pull, grab my phone immediately and just start scrolling because to escape the overwhelm, which the overwhelm, it couldn't, it could even not be like, Oh, I have so much to do. It could just be like something I was figuring out a problem and it got like, I hit like a roadblock in my brain. And instead of just sitting with that, I would look for relief of like, okay, let me pull up my phone, whether it's Pinterest or social media or calling my mom or like just something else other than that. Yes. Okay. Which we just have to say, because this is one of the benefits of the program is reduced phone usage. And I always say, I'm like, you don't need to try to reduce your phone usage. It will just happen. You reported this. Do you remember your stat about this? Yes. It was some crazy amount. I don't remember the exact amount. Do you have it uh, pulled up? Yes. 66%. I remember these things. <laughs> yeah. My phone use has been down 66%, which I think is just such a good example of the before and the after of knowing what's happening, right? I didn't know what was happening before it was just happening. And then I would be frustrated afterwards, but knowing what's happening and then being able to control it. So good. Yeah. Okay. So just a side benefit that everyone can have if you're trying to be on technology less, right? But it happens because you're more clear about what you're working on, why you're working on it, and how to handle those obstacles, including the emotional ones, right? That discomfort. So that's so good. So let's go back to this idea of this messy and complicated. Because again, I want to reiterate, you're super ambitious. You've had a lot of success, right? You hit goals. And it was feeling messy and complicated day to day. So I just think this is really beneficial for anyone listening who's like, what I get a lot is people being like, oh, I don't think I should join your program because I'm not a procrastinator. So like, I'm not sitting around all day, not doing anything. Like I'm doing work, but it's not feeling how I want it to feel. So I think you're just a perfect example of that. So anything else to add about the messy or complicated piece? Yeah. I mean, that was exactly it. I didn't never identify as a procrastinator because like the things you mentioned, but I knew it could be better and I didn't like how it was feeling. And the thought of like Monday hour one, for example, like I knew I had a weekly flow kind of, but again, it didn't feel in my control. And then project planning, just there were no timelines, right? No concrete of when I'd get it done or how it fell in the priority. Like sometimes a project would be like, you know, I'd be super gung ho about it and then I would stop it and then pick another one up. Right. And it just wasn't very concrete and organized, but I loved calendars. Like I loved, you know, whenever you see a calendar system thing pop up, that's being advertised to you, but like, Oh my gosh, click on it. Like I read the book. Um, I forget his name. It's something about, it's like a system. GTD. Yes. Getting things yes. done. Yeah. David Allen. <laughs> like yep. I read that book. And so I knew it was something that I wanted, but it all seemed like, oh, another like external thing, which this program is very like internal, right? It's like a whole, like how you operate and mindset shift. And that's another reason why I was like, oh, I know this is 
different and something that's not just going to be a little to-do list check. It's going to change how I operate for the long term. And I did just that. Yes. Okay. Let's talk about that because I actually just wrote a post. I was like, I'm sure people have heard me or another productivity coach say, like, it's not about the planner. It's not about the app. It's not about the project management software. It's not about the book. And I realized I was like, I've never really explained why that is. So this is a really good opportunity. I'll just do it super quick. Planners are great. Project management softwares are great as a tool and as a supplement. But I'm like, they can't help you handle the negative emotion that comes up when you have to say no to something. Your planner can't do that for you, right? Or your planner can't tell you, here are the obstacles and here's why I scroll on social media instead of facing the obstacle head on. And your planner can't tell you what's actually most important to you in your life and what your values are, right? Some planners ask really good questions, like there's little prompts so they can pull it out of you. But you have to be able to go into yourself and get those answers and then then you can systemize them on a project management tool or on a planner. But that comes after knowing the answer for yourself. Yeah, exactly. And that's what was happening to me, right? I would get my to-do list. This was before I even heard of my error one, right? I would just make a to-do list and that to-do list couldn't fit in the time that I had, whether it was for the week, the quarter, that day, or that I had an hour before I needed to leave, right? The thing, the list of things to do would be greater than that time slot always, 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 always. But I couldn't decide what not to do, right? They all needed to get done. And so that just kept happening and kept happening. So no matter what system I use, that was, it was always going to be an issue, right? Until we're forced to work through that, right? And I forget what week it is in the program, that was something that was missing for me. Yeah. Okay. And I know that people listening feel that pain where you're like, okay, here's the to-do list. I look at the to-do list and I have the thought it all has to get done. And then I carry around the pain and the angst of that because it's all not getting done. It can't physically, mathematically possibly get done. And so then you every day feel that low level, just like ickiness instead of making the conscious decisions to let go of things. Yes. Yeah, that's what our work is all about. And then from that, I constantly thought, oh, I'm behind, I'm behind, I'm behind. When keep in mind for other business owners too, I'm not creating all of these things that I'm behind in, right? So it's not like I actually had to get any of these done either. It was just this vicious cycle that I was just kept putting myself in. Yeah. Oh, that is such a good point with business owners. I'm like, you made the damn deadline, right? You might have a client who knows about it, but I'm like, at least 50% of our deadlines are internal. And then we're, yeah, then we're like, well, I'm behind now I'm a failure. And it's all these, this whole story that perpetuates our insecurities. So let's go then into some of the shifts that happened. Like what were some of the big aha moments, epiphanies, anything like that, that you think are, are noteworthy? So I kind of think about this in, in the rounds because I did two rounds, right? And it really is, like you're going to master project planning in there. But I felt like where I was starting was at the beginning, right? Where I was still working on round one, really on Monday hour one, and just kind of grasping the overall like concepts of the project. I did finish my project though, but... So Monday hour one, I think for the first round for me is what really 
I really accomplished there. And I think the biggest thing is what we just talked about. And the way I think about it is it's just a math problem, right? That was the biggest aha for me is you have X amount of time and then you've got the list of X things that are going to take X amount of time where, again, it's a skill of guesstimating, right? So that's just part of the practice and you get better and better at it. And then what doesn't fit, like if you have 10 hours to go in a five-hour slot, then you have to decide, okay, this isn't getting done. And you can move it, you can shift it, you can bring it to next month, next week, or next quarter. Or if you do it enough, you realize, oh, that actually doesn't need to get done because it's not getting done anyway. So it actually doesn't need to get done. It can hang on there every week and And then you can see that it's just creating this like negative experience or in that moment, just remove it. So the things you talk about are, okay, let's make sure you you might have to help me out with this. Pop quiz. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, pop quiz, right? I know they all start with the same letter, but I like automate, delegate, dump, delete, those were so helpful because it just gave clear direction of like, okay, here's the item on, on that list. What am I going to do with it? And it just, again, makes it so much more organized to then like put on the calendar in that time slot. So going back to, it really is just a math problem that just like changed it for me. Yes. Yeah. So you're talking do, dump, delegate, delay. Yes. And we use that framework so often throughout the program. So you use it when you make your project inventory and you decide which project you're actually going to work on. You choose one to do, and then every single other project gets dumped, delegated, or delayed. So it's just clear. It's clarity, right? There's four choices. That's it. And then I love this thought that you have that it's a math problem. So One thing that I think is really interesting and one reason I think you've been so successful is because you've taken everything from the half-finished to done world and you've applied it to your world. Yes. So I think this is such a good example, right? You give your clients macros, so for anyone, fats, carbs, and proteins to try to hit every day. I'm like, that's a math problem. And then you've taken that same thought and then you've put it with your time. You're like, it's just a math problem. And it removes so much, again, of the angst. So I just think it's really cool the way you've taken your own practices and then been like, oh, this is just an obstacle to solve. I know how to solve obstacles. I solve it all day, every day with my clients or with my fitness. And then using that same mentality. Yeah, exactly. I mean, kind of like I was saying before, it's it's definitely a way of thinking and a way of operating, especially once you get into like the project planning things. And some of the ahas I learned from there, because even this week, like yesterday, we were in the middle of moving and organizing things. And my immediate default is to just start doing, right? But within a second, I was like, oh, wait, what's the end result that I want? What? And I'm just going through and I'm, I'm like, how I'm thinking, how I'm operating now is the project planning process. And so just the end vision is so much clearer, the steps it'll take to get there, the like time it'll take, what I'm doing in what moment. Again, it's just like how I operate and how I think now, which is what I was after, right? And so, and then in round two, this really ties into that because the biggest things in round two were more related to the project planning, which 
clarity, getting to clarity was the biggest thing from there. Like I remember during one of the exercises you had us talk about like what created your previous finished projects. And I remember like I have this workbook for this like nutrition workbook for all of my ladies that it's fantastic. It has all the documents in it. It looks great. The whole thing. And I remember getting that project done so easily and you had us go back, like, why did we get it done? And it was because I had so much clarity on the end vision. So I know now if I'm struggling with something, generally it's because I don't have as much clarity as needed on the end vision. So that really helped with backing it up into all of the buffering or all of the overwhelm or anything like that, because now I know what to do there. Same thing with what I just the example I gave with the with my you know organizing closet and all of our clothes, so that was one thing. And then the two other things were simplicity. So I was really overcomplicating a lot of things, and I realized that I would have these moments of like, oh, this, 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 ready to go, but I didn't know why, right? And then you give us the Oprah Million Dollar Challenge which if you do the course, you'll, you'll learn this, but pretty much it sets you up in a scenario where you got to like remove all of the fluff and really break it down to the most simple and efficient and high level steps. And doing that made me realize like, oh, simplicity, simplicity, simplicity. How could this be more simple? How could it be more efficient? How, what can you remove? What actually needs to get done? And it's kind of, when you're in that moment, it like your brain feels so clear and so like organized that it like places you in that, which that was a huge takeaway for me in round two. And then I have one more, but anything to add on any of those? No, this is so good. I just want to, let me just say super quick. So the first thing you're talking about, like going back to that finished project and really breaking it down and understanding why you finished it. That's an assignment you do in the first week. And the reason you do that is because I'm like, every single person who joins the program has finished a project. Absolutely. That is true. Even if your brain's telling you like, I never finish any projects. What I realize is your brain is so focused on like, I don't finish projects or I don't finish projects in a way that I like. And what I notice is my clients can tell me rapid fire, all the habits they've done that have led to half-finished projects. They're like, this, 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 I do this, I scroll on social media, I watch the news, blah, blah, blah. They can always name those things. What people have a harder time doing is naming why they finish projects. So what are your productive thoughts? What are your productive feelings? And what are your massive actions that you've taken to get the result that you want? And then when you find that, then you can replicate that for your next project. So for you, that epiphany of just like, my best finished projects happen when I have a clear vision. And like, now you know for every single project you ever do in the future, that's the first thing to do. And it just makes every project infinitely easier. So that's, I just want to emphasize that. And then I love this idea of simplicity. Yeah, so for anyone listening, there's going to be an episode of the podcast at some point on the Oprah Million Dollar Challenge, but it is something we do live in the third week of the program. And it's just this super fun like you said, scenario where we just break your brain and all your concepts around how long things need to take. 
And I've had clients who go from being like, this project's going to take me eight weeks to being like, this project's going to take me half a day because we love to make things way bigger and way more complicated and way lengthier than they actually need to be. So I love that you had that experience of the Oprah Million Dollar Challenge and that it really got you into simplicity. So awesome. Okay, the last one. What is it? (laughs) Yeah, the last one goes back to project planning as a way of thinking and being. And something else is that really showed me throughout the program is even if you get something, right? Obviously there's you know, steps and things like that. Like it may take you like hearing it three, five times or you saying it a different way or me experiencing it and trying on my own a different way away. So even like the clarity, right? That was one of the first weeks, but I think like on week six or something, I was like, Oh, aha, it's clarity. I get it now. I get it. Or like at the end where I told you, like, I didn't even like think about it as, oh, this eight week is something that I can do for every project again and again and again, right? Like it's just like a repeatable process that you can do for every project again and again and again. And so even as we are going to be moving for to Bali for a year, right? Like that is just another project, right? That can be like math out and use those same steps or like every vision I have, whether it's for my business or if I want to play the piano one day or whatever it may be, it can be like mapped out in this way, which I think is really powerful too. And it goes back to, it's just a way of thinking and a way of like achieving and constantly moving things forward. Yeah. Okay. I love this. And I love that it took time for that to sink in. It's hilarious to me because I'm like, I mark it. I'm like, you get lifetime access to the program. But I love that it took you two rounds to be like, wait a second, I can go back and do it. I'm like, yes. And then I'm like, I need to talk about that more. So I'm glad you're saying it here on the podcast. So there's two things. These skills, right, of Deep Work Monday R1 and project planning, they're deep skills, as in you can reuse them over and over and over for every project. And they're wide skills, meaning that you can take them outside of one area. So it's not just a business skill, right? It's a fitness skill. It's an eating skill. It's a relationship skill. It's a hobby skill. It's something that can be applied to so many different areas, right? It's a moving skill. So I'm like, just the value of that is using it in every area of your life forever. What do you think is the lifetime value of that? For you? Oh my gosh. It's invaluable, right? Because it's not just getting the one project done, it's getting the thousands, which I know you talk about project 18, right? Getting 18 projects done in I think three years. But I see it even beyond that because it's everything I'm doing for the rest of the year, for next year and the year after. And then even like down the road when I have kids, right? Like thinking of it, how it's going to be beneficial then, and even teaching them these skills. Like if I had these skills when I was in high school, right? How different my life would be now or how my, how different my life would have been then and how I would have experienced things instead of staying up all night before the project was due the next day, right? Like and in college and my first job, right? It's like, we, th- these are skills that we should be learning when we're young growing up, right? So it's just an invaluable life skill. 
that it really ch- just changes your experience like on this planet. And that is invaluable. I love that so much. Yeah. And you're absolutely right about it being used for multiple generations. So I have a lot of other clients who already have kids and they'll be like, yeah, like I took my kid through the deep work guide. And like now they understand how to sell themselves on the work that's in front of them. And they understand how to stay focused in a really loving, compassionate way. And that like warms my heart. Or parents who are like, I'm going to teach my kids how to do emotional regulation because I'm going to show them emotional regulation in a way that I haven't before. So I'm like, there's just so many moments like that where you really can take these skills and use them. The other thing I was thinking about when you're saying about having kids is I'm like planning a maternity leave. That's a project. We have a podcast coming out that's about that. And I'm like, there are just so many things where it's like, here's the goal. How do I reverse engineer my way? So I'm like, at all stages of life, this is relevant. Yeah, 100%. And it's so much more than just achieving the project, but how you like feel during that. And I, I speak with people and you meet people where you see how they're operating, how they're like stressed out or things like that. And in the back of my head, I'm like, oh, I see what's happening here, right? And I'm so glad I'm not that person yeah. anymore, right? Like not that it was ever that bad, but still like it, even just going from like overwhelmed and feeling behind to like, oh, I've got this. Oh, I can do that. I like just feeling in control is just, much better way to live in my opinion. Yes. Okay. So let's talk more about what you are feeling now. So you said in control, what else? In control, spacious, like on top of it. And I would say like, whether it's clarity or it's something to do with around with like decision-making, right? Where it's everything. It's just a decision, right? So it may be, that may be clarity. Those are probably the main ones. Like I'm a very visual person. So maybe beforehand, if I like thought of the future, it kind of felt like scribbles all together. And now it kind of feels like clear cut lines. Maybe that represents like chunks of times. Like it just feels like where I can like move things. I can decide things. I can knock things off. So it just feels like I have lots of control and that feels very freeing. Yes. Okay. What I think is really important to distinguish here is that the control you're talking about is the confident, empowered feeling. And I want to distinguish that from the feeling of like, I need control, right? Controlling because I feel anxious or fearful. Um, or, you know, freaked out or like, I need to protect myself. So it's like, how do you feel that in your body in a calm way? Yeah. I think that was the control beforehand, right? Where it felt very anxious. And I was like, oh, like I was trying to control things because it felt messy, but now it just feels like the result is control. Yeah. Not necessarily. I'm like trying, trying to get there. So it feels very like peaceful and calm and no worries. Like my, my boyfriend will say all the time, he probably says it like at least once or twice a week where he's like, oh my gosh, just like everything's happening at once. And I can see that like stress and like overwhelm. And I'm 
And in my head, I'm like, oh no, it's like, this happens every, every week, right? (laughs) It's something that could be easily planned for. It could be, and I just see like the, the, like, I feel so like calm in that situation where I can see he doesn't and knowing exactly why feels very powerful. Like you said, like, I feel very confident, which is a good place to be. Yeah. I love that. So I'm like, it's almost like the more actually in control you feel, the less you control as an action. Yeah. Because you're just in that confident place. It's like what I've experienced is the more confident I am in my opinion, the less I need to convince other people. The less confident I am, the more I need other people to agree with me. So it's like, it's paradoxical, but you're like, oh, the more in control I feel, the less controlling I have to be. Yeah. That's such a good example. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I love that idea too of like these things that happen every week that I call it blindsided by the expected where we're like, oh my gosh, I didn't see it coming. But it's like, no, this happens every single week. (laughs) And I think when you do this work, you do start noticing in the people around you, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, that's blindsided by the expected. Like even with laundry, right? I used to be like, oh my gosh, like none of my laundry is clean. I got to do the laundry before the weekend before we go here and there. And now it's like, oh, no, I do my laundry Thursday morning every single week. And it's always ready when I need it. It's always, you know, there when it needs to go into the the washer. Like it just, again, like applying it to life. It feels so in control, but so relaxing. And I feel pretty confident that it's going to get done. <laughs> yes. Oh, this is so good. I am so proud of you. Okay. I want you to speak for a second to other people who are also those ambitious people who maybe haven't called themselves a procrastinator before, but have experienced what you're experiencing, right? Which is like that kind of messy overcomplication. What else do you think is important for those people to hear? Hmm. Good question. I would say I imagine those people knowing that they can kind of achieve anything So it's not something where they identify maybe as a procrastinator, but they know that it could always be better, right? Like they're good, but they know they could be great. And they know that whatever tool process it is, they can master it and get there. And so being in that place, like knowing how great, great could be, I would say is at first I thought maybe oh, this will just be like little tweaks and little improvements. But really, it's a whole way of operating, a whole way of thinking that's going to change like every faucet of your life and then therefore the experience of your life to achieve more and to not achieve more, to just be more, right? And do other things outside of that. And so I would say it's less about the little, like the mastering the one process or the one tool or the one tweak rate and more about the like bigger picture of how this is going to impact and kind of change everything. So that's what I would say. And the other thing I would say is initially I thought that it would be a room full of procrastinators, right? And the topics might be, oh, I, you know, just can't get out of bed today. And I just don't want to do my, I just don't want to do, you know, go to work or I, and things like that, which that is definitely not the case. It is definitely a room full of like ambitious 
people. And if you think about it, they wouldn't even sign up for a thing like this if they weren't ambitious. And so the other people in the room were into it, right? We're like optimizing different parts of their life had, were very ambitious. And so it was really good to be able to see other people struggling with things that kind of makes it normal, right? It really normalizes it. So you're like, Oh, okay. Like I'm not crazy. This is actually something that happens in most people. So that one is comforting, but then two, you can see how they get coached. You can see how they work through it. And then you can see where that shows up for you and how you can apply that same thing. So it could be something that I didn't even like raise my hand to get coached on, but I could use the coaching from other people. So I would say that's something else too, that I was thinking that they might be thinking too. I completely agree. Like, I definitely think that if you don't call yourself a procrastinator, you're like, I don't want to be in a room of a bunch of people who call themselves procrastinators. But I'm like, every single one of my clients is actually ambitious, even if they don't apply that label to themselves. Again, like you said, you wouldn't sign up for a program about finishing extraordinary projects if you didn't have ambition in you. So if you're listening and you don't call yourself ambitious, question that, question that, right? If you didn't care, you wouldn't sign up for this program. So you care. You wouldn't be listening to this podcast. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And then I think you were such a good example. We, I remember coming to you so many times and I'd be like, do you want some coaching? You're like, I just got coached. Just listening. Why do you think you're able to take other people's coaching so much and apply it to yourself? Good question. I do think for a couple of reasons. I think one, it's something I've practiced, right? I've been in lots of different coaching containers and groups. So it's something that I've been able to like practice and see and do and see the benefit of it. But I think the other thing is when you're not actively like speaking with someone, you can kind of relax and let your brain kind of open the portal to all the different things it's running through without the, not even pressure, but without like the presence needed to come up with a like sentence back to articulate, right? So you just have more space to see what's going on and see their coaching and then run it through your brain in a ton of different ways without pressure or whatever it may be. So I feel like that's a big benefit to the kind of the group container. I love that answer. And as you were talking, I was thinking about the mastermind that we met in, which is Stacey Bayman's 200K mastermind. One of the things that she said, I think like the first round I did, maybe on like the first day, she was like, when you are taking notes, don't take notes on what I say. Everything I say is recorded. Take notes on what you think. Take notes on your ideas. She's like, your notebook should be chock full of you, not a regurgitation of everything I've said. And I think like my clients, you know, for sure, write down what I say. There are valuable things, absolutely. But I love this idea as like, as you're listening to someone else get coached, write down, like, what are you, how does this apply to you? What are you thinking about, right? Or like, what ideas are you getting? So I think that's awesome. And you were such a good example of that. So thank you. Yes, I have one more thing on this. And I think it kind of ties into what we talked about earlier that I didn't even realize until you asked this was it kind of like lit me up a little sometimes when other people were getting coached because I could see how that could positively benefit me, right? Again, going back to the clarity of the end result and being like, oh, those tedious projects would be so much easier. Oh my gosh. And then 
taking that coaching because I was like very, I had clarity of what that could give me, right? Like seeing the benefit and knowing that like, okay, this coaching may not fit me perfectly. Like my, her problem may not be my exact problem, but how could I apply this in some other way that I think, because a lot of times we would coach and you would maybe ask me something and then my brain would take it another way. And I'd be like, well, this may not be the answer, but I actually also discovered this over here. So I think that like, again, going back to the clarity of how it benefit me made it easier to apply to. Yeah. And I would say that that becomes way easier when you have that three-year vision. And so that's why I've started doing that as the first thing that we do on the one day kickoff event is work on your three-year vision and then work on how you want to feel. So what what are the feelings you want to feel? What are the feelings you're willing to feel? And what are the feelings you want to feel less of? And then the coaching can all be directed to like, does this put me on track towards my three-year vision? Yes or no. So yeah, this is so good. We have just a few more minutes to talk about this, but I would love to just hear the aha moment around this idea of just being, because I know that was huge for you. How would you sum that up? Just being. So as someone who is super ambitious, have who has always achieved, achieved, do more, do more, do more. I think one thing that we cover in here and that you kind of realize is that it's not doing more, doing more, doing more. You actually get more done by removing the fluff and making things simpler and actually doing less because it's just a little bit more organized when you're working, you're working when you're not, when you're like, when you're resting and you're not working, you're not. And so it, so just being right. Is this thought of like, Oh, I'm just going to not have something to do, not have something on my calendar, not constantly have a to-do list that I'm constantly running through. And we talked about one time we had a conversation of just like, oh, just like sitting on the porch, right? And like, you think you were in Columbia watching people go by, I'm in like Bali and just sitting there and just being. And what's fun about that is when you give yourself the space to just literally sit there and breathe where like the ideas you come up with or not, right? There's no pressure for it, but like the ideas you come up with that like maybe the Base that you have to complete like to solutions for other things, right? You just have so much more clarity. And so that's something this past round that I really worked on because I could feel a big resistance to being productive, doing more, doing more, doing more, and really practicing got coached on, oh, just like being and just slowing down a little bit. And it's funny because I think at one point I was like, oh, I'm actually getting like a little bit more done but I just have so much more space because of like this constant resistance to productive, 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 and actually listening to that. Yeah. So the way I understood it was like, it's almost like your brain had associated productive with good for so long that then your brain was like, went to the other side of the spectrum, which is like productive is bad right? And the resistance. And then it's like finding the equilibrium. Does that feel accurate? Yeah, a hundred percent. And I feel like I explained, yeah, I was on one side for a long time. And then in that moment I was on the other side and it was nice because I brought it up to in the group 
and everyone's like shaking their head and you're like, yeah, this is a, I'm like, oh, it's a funk and I've never been in a funk before. And like, what's going on? And you were like, yeah, this is actually very normal. Here's probably what's happening. And everyone's like shaking their head. And I was like, oh, this is something that happens with people. Oh, okay. I, I get it. And you really pushed me to like, not try to get out of it and just try to try to be with it. And because I did that and created more space for it, right? Exactly what you shared. I've kind of like swung back to the middle, but I see it's a practice, right? It's not something that, oh, I'm just perfect now. Like I imagine that it's going to like swing a little and I'm going to have to continuously be aware of it to know where I'm swinging and where I want to be. What I love about this is that they're both skill sets. Like having your calendar packed with meaningful, high-impact things, if you're doing a project sprint, that's a skill set. And then the ability to show up to what's on your calendar and get the work done, that's a skill set. And it's an important one, right? I think sometimes we're like afraid of hard work because a lot of times people associate hard work with burnout. But I'm like, no, you can love hard work. You can pack your calendar and not feel stressed about it. You can just feel clear and aligned and satisfied. And also giving yourself the ability to give yourself white space and time to just be and downtime and especially to have that be actually pleasurable and not painful and terrible because you're judging yourself about it. That's also a skill set. So what I love about your work is you've done both. I think in the first round you came in, like you worked on Monday R1, you built that skill set of like making a plan and doing it. And then you supplemented it with the other skill set of how do I give myself plenty of time to just be. And now you have both skill sets. So now you just get to figure out like how much do I want to use each skill set in any given moment, but you have both. Yeah. And I remember too, like when we map out our projects and stuff, how much time I gave myself on this last project and how much I removed from it and that I would have never done before, right? Where I made it, I like set myself up for success and enjoyment. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is the way big people can live. Like I like I would never would have done that before, but you're right. It's because I can gain the skill of doing less. Yes, doing less without sacrificing your results. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Freaking love it. Thank you so much for joining. Do you have any words of advice for anyone who's joining the program above and beyond what you've already said? Advice, I would say to kind of lean in to all of, I don't even know if I would call it tedious work, but you're going to push people to lean into, okay, but actually what happened there? Like go through, how were you thinking? How were you feeling? Like what produced that result? And it can feel like, oh, I don't want to do this, right? But then the ahas you get from that are so good, which are going to compound to like the bigger picture of things. So that was the first thing I would say. And the second thing I would say is be prepared for things that you, like results that you didn't even know or like mean to create. So one thing that definitely happened for me is, before I would, I would always feel bad because if somebody like asked me for help or asked me to do something, it would kind of just feel like another thing added to my plate. I'm like, Oh, I'm already behind on these things. Like, and then I would like say no, or not do it as well as I would want to, or not like be as present. And now I feel like I have so much more 
open space and time, my mom asked me to like move something and like clean something for her. And I'm like, oh, okay, no problem. I can get it done on Wednesday at this time, right? Where like that feels good. Or on the weekends, I can go out and we can go like biking and have space and like hang out with everyone or like help people like bring in the groceries or things like that, which it just makes me feel like a better human, right? Where if not before, I'd be constantly like, oh, I'm, th- I'm always thinking about the to-do list and, and behind where it almost felt like my cup wasn't filled up to be able to like pour to others. And it felt kind of selfish and not the person who I wanted to be where that wasn't what exactly what was going on. It was all came down to just the skill set, right? Which who would have known where it just feels like now it's more of the person that I want to be. And I think the cool thing too is like, it's not done, right? It's not like, oh, I met this like magic land that it's kind of cool that these skills can compound, right? I can continue to learn and grow and, and like be kind of embody all of this work again and again and again. So those would be the two biggest things I would say. I love that last point of like, who would think that you could join a program about finishing projects, do that while feeling better and also being more generous and present. I'm like, it still blows my mind. I'm like, how does this all work? But I'm like, the way we set it up ensures that all of that can happen. So I just love that that was your experience. Yeah, it really, I mean, it's thanks to you. I really appreciate all the work that you've done and how you've set the program up to really like allow people to get to this point. It's really invaluable. So I can't thank you enough for all the coaching and just how you put it together. Thank you so much for saying that. And how can people follow up with you if they're interested in your work? Yeah, they can. Uh, my website is jennythenutritionist.com slash create dash your dash shape. And then I'm also on Instagram at Jenny, the nutritionist. And I think those are probably the two main ways. And you can also Google search Jenny, the nutritionist and I'm everywhere as Jenny, the nutritionist. And your podcast too. Oh my gosh, I almost forgot about my podcast. Yes. My podcast is called Create Your Shape with Jenny the Nutritionist. So that is another way where you can learn more and learn things all regarding to building muscle and decreasing body fat. And I vouch for her program. I've done it twice. Jenny is an asset and so freaking diligent at helping people get results. So thank you so much. Back to you. Of course. (laughs) Awesome. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Half Finished to Done podcast. If you're ready to become a self-assured repeat project finisher, the best place to work with me is in my eight-week group coaching program, Half Finished to Done Live. You'll leave our time together with one finished project and the skills you need to finish any project, personal or business, in the future. Just head to peakcoaching.co slash HFD live for your next step. Can't wait to work with you.